Welcome to this episode of About the Adventure podcast, recorded in the beautiful Bowl Hill Wood in Grindleford. I met up with Stella Bolan, who has switched from a long-term career in communications and writing to join the wonderful world of tree care and science, working in community forestry. During her interview, she shares why she began reflecting on what to do with the rest of her career, how she found the courage to explore a new path, and what life has been like since she started taking the first steps. So Stella, why did you start reflecting on what you want to do with the rest of your career? I think I'd come to a point um, in my career where um, I've been writing for a long time, over 20 years, and while writing was something I was really good at um, and you know came quite easily it didn't really challenge me anymore and I wasn't getting a lot of satisfaction from my work um, I think there was there's other factors like I was coming up to sort of approaching kind of 50 but sort of you know I was probably about 47 when I decided I wanted to do something different and I think I was also assessing my my financial situation. I'd been lucky enough to have a property that I'd sold so that gave me a little bit of a a security I suppose, financial security in the background. Um, So yeah I think I was, I don't know how to describe it as sort of drifting a bit in my career I was just carrying on doing what I'd done for quite a long time you know and being fairly I think fairly successful at it I never really pushed myself um, to do something that challenging though in terms of writing I think I decided sort of somewhere in my head that I'd taken the writing as far as I wanted to and I sort of knew I'd always write and edit because I have I've done it for so long I just do it now even when I'm reading something I'm half the time I'm editing what I'm reading so yeah I was looking for something else that was maybe more in line with what I want you know did in my spare time which was you know going outside and during sort of the pandemic, especially, I started, you know, like everybody, doing these daily walks, which became more and more important to my day. So I'd start off my day doing a walk, uh, and sometimes I'd do one after I'd finished my working day. And they became much more significant. And I think because I'd slowed down quite a lot sort of in my activities obviously I wasn't fit trying to fit all these things into my day and I I found um, gradually I like reconnected with nature really and so I'd be the person sometimes in my park where I just stop and stand in front of a, a tree and maybe touch the bark and just stand there for you know one or two minutes maybe it for me it wasn't I needed to get from A to B I just wanted to be in nature and surrounded by nature so I found it gave me a lot of serenity and it, it gave me quite a lot of hope because I felt everything else around us was kind of tumbling around and uh nature's just got this amazing capacity to just regenerate and and just p- persist and yeah I've always been inspired by that really but I think I'd buried quite a lot of that inside and I hadn't given it a chance to come out so that's that was a big influence in the direction I was taking I'd say when I started to study arboriculture, I found myself kind of thinking more and more back to my childhood because um, that's when I think I first really loved trees. And 
you know, you kind of don't really understand where all these threads are coming from. You, you try and unravel them a bit. But uh, I used to climb trees. You know, we had a big garden. I grew up in, in rural Essex. And I was, you know, I, was a, I wasn't an only child, but my, both my brothers are much older than me. And I was kind of, you know, left a lot of on my own, which actually I'm really thankful for. And I was left to play in the garden. And, you know, I used to make dens with my, my cousin, who was about the same age as me. Um, and we used to climb trees together. And, uh, yeah, and I just kind of remembered that when I started studying arboriculture, that it felt really nice to sort of reconnect with my younger self as well. So Millie has yeah. sent in a question. What gave you the courage to make the final step out of your previous career? I think having a, a little bit of money set aside really helps to give you a bit of courage because obviously you have got that as a back backup plan if if your plan A doesn't sort of come through. But I suppose, yeah, I think I got to, you know, I was approaching 50 and I kind of thought, well, you only have one life. Uh, what's the worst that could happen? You could you could do this certificate and then not get a job in arboriculture and go back to doing what you were doing before. So I think in my head I just kind of thought of all the scenarios and I thought the worst one is is that really and you know I'm a great believer in just taking a bit of risk in life because I have done that in the past in my career you know I've given up certain secure jobs because it didn't feel right to me and you know I've never regretted that I think if you're not happy in your work it you know it can really affect you in lots of different ways like obviously you know health-wise, relationship-wise. So, yeah, I just thought I, I want to take a new path and, you know, let's see where it, where it takes me, really. But, yeah, definitely having a bit of financial security is a... I, I don't think maybe I wouldn't have done it if I didn't have that. And would you say, like, looking back now, was it a gentle bit-by-bit bit shift or a down tools and step completely into the unknown I think it's definitely a step by step because what I did was um, I started my arboriculture uh, training which was all remote learning but that was I was doing that two days a week and then three days a week I was still doing what I had done before which was copywriting on a freelance basis so I was still earning sort of the money that I was earning before um, so I could pay the bills. And then, you know, I felt like I was also making progress in my new career. So, and I, I was also listening to a lot of podcasts about trees. And um, there was a great, um, it's Arboriculture Association. They have a, a Wednesday night, webinar which they still run but it started during the pandemic and I used to basically log on to that every week and it was incredible you know that there was like stories from all around the world about you know how people are growing like tiny forests in India and and they had real experts interviewed, like um, Lynn Boddy, who's a, an amazing mushroom expert, and she's written incredible books about mushrooms. Uh, and just, I learned so much. And I think I felt like I was learning new things gradually, but also still in my old life. Um, it was quite funny sometimes, because, you know, I'd let slip to the people I was working with, what I was doing, and... Yeah, you get some funny reactions. Really. Not awful, but it's just that. Oh, you're doing trees, and I'm like, yeah, just I want to do something completely different. Um, and then, basically, I was also after after the pandemic let us kind of do volunteering again. I started 
volunteering uh, planting trees with the council, Sheffield City Council. And so I was getting some practical experience and I, I, I volunteered to be a street tree warden with Amy. So I also had some training with that. So we learned how to sort of spot a healthy canopy in a tree um, and, you know, how to sort of look out for certain uh, wood decay fungi and things like that. So I started doing that and it was quite a gradual thing, but I felt that it was it was a good balance really because I wasn't giving up the security of my sort of old life um, but I was still progressing in in where I wanted to go um, and then basically I applied for the job that I'm now in which is a bit is a bit of a funny story because I applied for it but I wasn't I basically didn't I nearly didn't apply for it because I looked at the advert and like a lot of people do and they look at job adverts like oh well I haven't got three years experience in our borough culture it had certain criteria that I didn't meet so because I'd been working with a council I I knew the person that was kind of advertising for the role and um, she mentioned to me have you applied for the role and I said I was thinking of applying, but um, I don't know if I will. And she said, why don't you just throw your hat into the ring? It was her phrase. So that made me kind of do a quick like, about turn and think, oh, maybe I should apply for it. Uh, so I spent probably all weekend apply, doing my application. Like just everything else kind of got thrown out of the window uh, because I'd left it really late to apply. So I applied um, and then I got an interview and I didn't get offered the role. Um, there was three positions um, and I didn't get offered the role because I was one point below the the last candidate who got the role. Um, but she said, you know, we will bear you in mind um, you know, if there's anything else we can offer you, um, we will. So she, we kept in touch and she ended up offering me a, a sort of short-term contract at the same level. So that just goes to show, sometimes you talk yourself out of things that you can do. And uh, yeah, it taught me a lesson that I should just, well, take a few more risks. <laughs> And what was the work actually involved as a street warden mm. and then now what you're doing yeah. as your job now? Yeah, so street wardens, um, they get allocated an area around Sheffield um, and their job really is to kind of, they've get given a patch of streets to, to patrol the streets, not, not on a too regular basis because it is a voluntary role, um, but to just kind of take a look at the trees um, you know see if there's any issues that they can spot and then if they can spot any issues to report them to the Amy team who will come and sort of take a closer look um, also try to forge some um, relationships with residents to try and you know understand what their relationship with trees are so that that's really the role um they are, i think they are still looking for some street tree wardens in certain areas in sheffield um what are the sort of issues that you look out for um so sometimes it's the physical condition of the tree so um dieback and, and all, not just ash dieback but if trees canopies don't look very healthy they don't look very full that's sometimes a indication that there's there's problems with the tree um sort of physiologically sort of anything that's you know snapped branches um if there's anything that's immediate dangerous to report it immediately um so that that can be dealt with immediately but yeah just kind of keeping a little eye on the trees um, and the younger trees as well not just the mature trees because sometimes keeping on the supports um, the, the bands that get you know the stakes 
that can actually be bad for trees if, if the trees are already holding themselves up and being able to move on their own they don't need those stakes and actually it inhibits growth so it's better if they're taken off after a certain amount of time usually about three to five years after planting um, so they're, they're the main things really and you know it's, it's, it's an interesting role because I think you know you do get to understand a little bit about how trees work which I have done during my studies as well um, so for instance I mean if trees get damaged they they don't heal as such tree they kind of seal off the damaged area in the wood um, so they don't have regenerative qualities of cells that we do so you know understanding that is quite important yeah and just if, if a tree looks like it needs watering especially the younger trees they often need watering more than the the older trees so the kind of things that you look out for really and through talking to the people in the communities where you mm. were doing the volunteering what did you find out about their relationship with the trees do, do they notice them and do they connect with them yeah i mean i was in quite a leafy part of sheffield which i think that there's quite a polarized general view of trees i've i've sort of found out so far in my career in it anyway um people either have a really kind of deep connection with trees and you know have an affinity with them and or or they're actually i think a little bit scared of trees quite a lot of people and i think that's because um, a lot of people don't understand how trees kind of grow um they don't understand the growth rate of trees they you know most of them grow really slowly compared to humans but uh, yeah, the people that have affinity with trees, they they obviously have a you know they see the tree every day. It's part of their part of their world, really. Um, and sometimes they'll over worry about things that aren't a problem to the tree because because they don't have that sort of understanding, I suppose. Because um, trees are very resilient, you know they they've evolved over millions millions of years and um as somebody who's a, a a tree sort of expert i suppose said to me you know trees don't need us we need trees you know we their trees would happily survive without humans which in a weird way i found quite comforting <laughs> i don't know why it is but yes yeah, so the people that have a, that affinity they'll possibly worry a little bit too much about about a tree that you know has quite a minor defect for instance um that it will recover it might take a while to recover but that you know it will recover from um and then the people that are scared of trees or don't like them i've i've tried to like talk to them really because i find it quite interesting why they don't and it might be because of a certain incident, you know. Uh, maybe they think a tree is going to fall on their house or, you know, a big branch is going to come down. And and then maybe you could have that conversation with them about, well, you know, actually the trees are managed quite carefully. Um, there's not many places that, that trees are left wild, especially in urban places. I mean, they are managed very carefully so you know if you're not aware of that you probably think oh that tree could fall down um you know if there's a wind which obviously they, they can but the likelihood is quite low unless you've had really severe storms that we had recently which i believe took out trees that had no sign of damage at whatsoever um, and no root problems at all but that's obviously an, an exception so yeah I, I'm interested in why people don't like trees as well as the people that do like trees and how would you best describe your personal connection with trees and how has that evolved over time yeah so I like I say I think it started in childhood and 
um i felt like i don't know it sounds a bit hippie and i suppose it will do but i felt like they were my friends um and kind of you know i used to like see them every day and play with them and climb them and you know i just took it for granted at the time i didn't realize not everybody had that experience and you know i always felt quite safe like sitting in a tree made me feel quite safe and then you counter that with a lot of things that children are taught sometimes about you know woods being scary places um it's not the the woods that's scary it's the people in woods (laughs) that i think are scary Um, because I find them really peaceful places Um, and it's where I go now to to sort of find some stillness and um, yeah so it's peace really that's what what I feel is a a connection that's all about kind of peace and nurturing and yeah I just think they're magnificent like living beings in living structures that you know, the more you learn about them, the more amazed you are, really. So, yeah, I, I kind of, I try not to be too rosy tinted about it because I know, obviously, trees can cause problems and that they're, they're not always a good thing. But, you know, there is a mantra in Arbori culture that says the right tree in the right place, which kind of sums up the way that people should approach trees because when they're in the wrong place that's when they can cause issues or possibly it's the wrong species planted so it's it will grow too big for that spot um so yeah i think if if trees are sort of planted in the right place um we we do we all benefit in in so many ways is there a particular tree or woodland or forest that you particularly love to spend time around or that you really appreciate yes yeah, so i'm still on my exploration of lots of woodlands um but i think the ones that are, are quite special i mean obviously there's ecosol woods which is really like a beautiful ancient woodland in, in right in the center of sheffield and so lucky to have that so close to where i live um and it is incredible place sometimes it's difficult to find that stillness there because it is so well visited but it i went i do remember going last summer and it was um a beautiful day it's like today actually like really sunny and bright um and amazingly there was hardly any people there and i spent about three hours in the woods um, and it was a- I was actually doing a bit of a tree survey. It was part of my course, so it was lovely to just sit for so long. So that's a- that's one of my favourites. The other probably favourite, which again is very well visited, very well known, is Sherwood Forest. Um, and I've only been there about three times um, over the last year or so, but again it's got some incredible trees there and you can still find spots that are quite quiet even though it's very busy and very well visited and just going back to more on your career change is there are there any aspects of your previous work that you have found difficult to let go of or even the idea of letting go of because I know that you've Mm -hmm. mentioned some of your writing recently that you still have those skills and you can still use them um but yeah did you have any fears or worries or concerns about moving on as such I tried not to listen to that voice I did for sure um but I've done some some personal development kind of work really and just tried not to listen to the sort of self-limiting beliefs that we all tell ourselves um and one of the strong ones that i had to keep ignoring was you're not very good at science which somebody must have told me at school uh, many many years ago and somehow i'd convinced myself that you know, i couldn't do this role or couldn't do any job in our boy culture because i'm not a science person i don't think that way 
Um, so I had to keep ignoring that and just saying, but you are doing it. You know, every module of my course that I completed, because it's um, through continual assessment, I thought, well, I'm, I'm doing it. So you say you're not good at it, but you're doing it. So you can do it. Um, so it's me having that internal dialogue with myself um, and I think maybe I was a little bit worried about some of the phys- physical aspects of working in arboriculture but then I also said to myself you don't have to climb trees which is another myth because as soon as you say you work with trees people say would oh, you climb trees and I said no you can if you like but it's actually you know it's one role out of it's very wide-ranging roles you can have in arboriculture as a sector um and, and you know and i don't climb trees but you know i'm still i can still assess a tree from a, a sort of visual assessment which is a t- its first level of assessment in a when you're doing a, a sort of tree survey so yeah i think there was I think I'd already in my head decided I was going to do this so I was kind of every time I had a doubt I just knocked it back I suppose and how did you find out that you were really drawn to it so you mentioned how Mm. you maybe went to some webinars and you were spending more time in nature because you had maybe a bit more time to do that was there anything else that made the decision really clear in your mind yeah I think I went to um, it was actually Sheffield Tree Week which was 2020 I think it was June 2020 and that was all online again because of Covid Um, and I went one of the webinars I went to was about starting a career in arboriculture and um, having more women in the sector and it was all female panel and I think after that, I kind of was quite inspired, really. Talking, you know, there was, I think, four women talking about their different roles. And uh, I got in touch with one of them and we had a conversation. And, you know, I just, I said, what what would be your advice if if you were me, if you wanted to start something? And she said why don't you just do the foundation qualification in arboriculture which is the certificate that I did and I I remember kind of coming up that conversation and I was a bit I was like scared and excited at the same time and if you've ever had that feeling you know you're heading in the right direction I always think that's a a sign of a new adventure (laughs) yeah and it's it was and I've had it before it was the same feeling weirdly enough as when I began my career in journalism because I actually started my career in journalism a little bit late so I I did my uni degree and uh, I just got any job I could after university uh, because it was actually one of the recessions we've had in 1992 Uh, there wasn't any really any jobs for graduates so I just got any job I could um, and then I just worked it was like an admin job really for about three years and I you know I was working I was fairly I was doing quite well I had a steady job in London I was okay really and then I just thought I want to do journalism which is what I wanted to do then and um, I applied to do this it was a postgraduate diploma course and it is very very hard to get into the course it's I think they had a thousand applicants for 25 places um, and I got offered a place and going back to that I remember there was exactly the same feeling as when I found out that I was going to do this course I kind of tracked in that job that I was in and did my journalism course so I think I sort of understood something about myself that you you know you're doing the right thing here because you're you know you're excited 
you're scared you don't know what's going to happen but as I said in my previous comments I also had a bit of financial backing this time around which I didn't have when I started my journalism course so yeah and is the certificate that you've got would you say it's quite an expensive thing to to pursue or um not too much I mean I think it's about one and a half to two grand for the course and it's I think I think I'm incorrect in saying it's a level sort of equivalent to an MVQ level and the diploma that I'm doing now um it is a lot harder and it is more money um but you can actually operate as an independent consultant once you have a diploma um although I'm I'm thinking I probably won't do that in the first instance because I want to get a bit more experience under my belt and there might be some people listening who really like the sound of working outside and in nature and surrounded by trees, but maybe don't want to spend a lot of time at their desk studying um, mm. or even working at a desk. So what's the reality behind the scenes so far? Are you still spending a lot of time at your desk? Mm. That's a good question, because when I, uh, well, during my interview actually for the job, because I always like to do a question you know and they say have you got any questions I always like to have at least two because I think it sounds like you're interested in what you and one of them was that really it was like if I was offered this role how long would I be sitting at a desk for like on average and the person who's now my manager said oh pr- probably about because it's a three day uh, a week role probably about a day a uh, day a week on on average but most you know most of the time you will be outside so I thought that that's a fair and fairer level really because obviously you still have to do what we call admin which covers everything to do with sitting at a laptop now (laughs) but yeah it's 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 a job with a lot of variety actually and it's it's a job where I feel like I'm using my sort of interpersonal skills a lot more than maybe, you know, the role didn't advertise as this as much. But I think, you know, working with uh, community groups, working with schools and building up relationships with with people is really important. And as, I think especially after the whole covid situation i think you know a lot of the relationships that maybe were there before had been lost so our team is almost feels like we're starting new really and building up new relationships and do you feel like it is an accessible sector for people to enter yes i think um it's a lot of people don't know about the sector, but I think once you know about it, um, I think it, it's it's quite welcoming, really. I, I, I'd i recommend looking up the Arboricultural Association, um, their website. They have some information about careers. And as I say, I've, I've been going to their webinars. Well, I haven't been recently because I've got time with studying, but, um, but I've been going since summer... 2020 every week and just from going to that I kind of got to know a lot of people uh, because there's like a chat facility like having a lot of webinars and the presenter who was then I think technical director is now this I think he's CEO um, but he he's really friendly everybody's really friendly and you know we'd sort of say we'd know each other by name really because you're just chatting to people online and you know if I've done a tweet about something I've done or you know put something on Instagram they'll always support that because they really want to get more people in the sector more women and more people of colour as well because it's really lacking in diversity Um, but it's a wonderful sector like I say you can do lots of different things and you know at the end of the day I feel like you know you are contributing to a greener future 
and it it doesn't get talked about as much as maybe the digital sectors do but I feel like it's it's that important really because it is our future like looking after our planet and trees are a big part of that. Is there anything that you've learnt or experienced so far that has really amazed you something that you didn't maybe know before? Hmm. I guess it's a bit of a cop-out but I think I've, a lot of it amazes me to be honest I mean the amount of planning that goes into even planting like one tree uh, I don't think people realize because obviously if you don't work in it you wouldn't why would you know but there, there is a lot of planning there's a lot of consultation um, there's a lot of thought behind it that doesn't isn't immediately apparent Uh, for instance I mean you have to check there's no utility lines and things like that where you're planting things like sight lines um, wind direction uh, you know shade sun um, obviously residence views but all those things there and that's just one element of the job really Um, that's pretty amazing but I mean, I just get amazed by trees, really, because I I learn, like I say, I'm reading about trees, like when I'm not working in it, I'm reading about it. Um, And they're they're just, yeah, they have an amazing capacity to just survive, really. And has this change in career had an impact on other areas of your life? Yeah, I think... It's hard to say because it's sort of it's happened at the same time as the pandemic has happened. So I think for me it's kind of they're two sort of complementary streams, if you like, in my life. So the pandemic helped me to sort of reassess what I enjoyed doing and actually I've realized I'm probably more of an introvert than I thought I was, um, which is interesting in itself because I was as a child. Um, so that's made me slow down a bit I think it's yeah it's made me kind of enjoy yeah enjoy doing less I suppose if in a weird way I mean obviously I'm busy because I'm doing my course but once that ends yeah I don't I don't think I need to do as much as I was doing before in fact like doing less is probably a bit more of an ambition of mine in terms of not rushing around and just enjoying, you know, being, well, being in nature in all weathers. Um, yeah, and I think just spending time, I suppose I'm, I'm more likely to spend time with people now who have a sort of green-minded kind of look on life. Um you know, I'm veering more towards that in my social life. And, you know, I was volunteering um, at the Foodworks uh, farm before I started doing my course. And, you know, I met some lovely people there. So I think it's influenced me in terms of you know, what I enjoy doing when I'm not working. Do you feel like there's been any shift in your identity and when I say that I mean how you feel about how you identify Mm, yourself and is that important to you no it's really good no it's it is quite important and I think it's it's something I often think about because I think when I became a journalist I was really like I'm a journalist this is me this is who I am because I was really like excited and happy and and that was you know, I did that for quite a long time, about 10 years I was living that kind of identity, I suppose. And then I shifted into copywriting. And for me, that was a practical decision more than a identity shift because I felt like I didn't really identify with being a copywriter as much as being a journalist because although they're both, they're very similar, um there's aspects and cultural kind of cultural aspects of being in that role are different um and that storytelling was really important to me and sharing people's stories so I lost that kind of identity 
Um, but I was quite happy, I think, to lose it. And then I started identifying more with other things about myself. So I make bread, you know, I, I like gardening. Um, you know, I'm quite environmentally kind of interested in environment and lots of things like that became more important to me is my, my not my job my job was just something I did um, I can feel now because I'm doing community forestry that is coming back into my identity because you know I'm really excited to be doing it and well just being in the arboricultural sector and hopefully helping other people to to join the sector just by talking about what I'm doing I think it yeah it is quite important to me and I think you know but having an affinity with trees is linked in with that as part of my identity now and how has it felt reconnecting with that because you said that it's been an interest of yours something you've been drawn to since mm. you were really young so how has it felt reconnecting with that has it been an emotional or challenging experience you know that sometimes mm-hmm. like looking back you might be like oh I've lost those years on yeah. something else how have you coped with those yeah. feelings yeah that's interesting yeah no I didn't really feel that I felt like I kind of you know I went in the direction that I, I felt was the right direction when I left university I just basically was in a very um different mindset I kind of I think I'd shifted my mindset when I was at university to like I'm now a city person and you know that was part of my identity was living in a massive city and enjoying all the trappings of that I suppose and that you know I was quite happy to do that for quite a long time and then I think you know and deep down I must have still had the the nature interest I mean I did things like gardening and things when I lived in London and so I did still have it to some level but not not to the same degree but I just felt like I'd followed that calling that I had and then moving to Sheffield was quite a big shift because it is so much more green really and I think maybe that was the start of my reconnection with nature on a sort of basic level I suppose um going out for walks in the peaks and you know I never used to go walking in London you know I never used I never really used to go to parks in London to be honest I just you know like a lot of people went to bars restaurants you know cinema that kind of thing I didn't really do anything nature-based as a social activity when I was there but I think moving to Sheffield because it is so green you can't can't help in a way but not do something to do with nature so so yeah I think yeah I kind of just I don't I didn't have any regrets I suppose I felt like I'd lived that life um and now I want to live this life and I think that's really exciting about life. You know, you can you can change your direction and you're not like a fixed person. You can decide where, what you want to do. And it sounds really simple, but it's actually quite hard. <laughs> it's quite hard to get around that thought, if, especially if your identity is tied to your work, I think, which, you know, I did do that. So I was quite happy to let it go. Um because, you know, I don't know where our boricultures is going to take me, but I, I do hope, you know, I'll still be working in the sector in sort of 10 years doing something. And how has it been learning new skills? Because obviously you were highly skilled in journalism and mm. copywriting. So how has it been for you to start again in some of the fields of the sector? Yeah, uh, it's been quite fun. It's been, I think I've seen it as a bit of an adventure. Um there's lots of little things in my work that you know sound really like minor so for instance we have this container and where where we sort of store our tools and all our equipment um and 
you know, it's the lock's got a certain way of opening and uh, there's a certain way of shutting the container and opening it. And, you know, there are all these little things like you have to, like, learn how to do it. And it sounds almost not even worth talking about. But when you're doing it as a job, and quite a lot of it is loan working. I mean, we sometimes do plant together, but um, a lot of the time you'll have to load up the tools on your own. So you have to make sure you know how to lock it you know where to get the keys from there's a certain system or, you know working for the council there's certain systems you have to um, learn um you know things like learning how to drive um a, a sort of a pickup that we use which you had to get a driver assessment with the council to do that there's also we had to also learn how to drive a bigger vehicle which we were given and you know all these things i think i've just seen them as little challenges to to overcome and i I think maybe in the past i would have got more stressed about things like that but i think because i'm really pleased to be doing what i'm doing it's all part of the day um and you know it does help i have lovely sort of colleagues and my manager's really really good as well so you know if you if you don't know how to do something you just ask basically but yeah and I keep just saying I'm learning to anybody because I am you know and being I suppose slightly older and somebody who's changed career um I suppose I'm not really embarrassed about that because it's obvious really that I've never worked in this sector before so you know you know if I don't know how to do something I'll just ask and what's been the response to that from people? Uh, yeah, they've been very helpful. I mean, there's been nobody that's kind of been difficult or... I think just getting to know people on a one-to-one with them and just sort of explaining why you're doing something. You know, even just having chats with people that aren't in my team but are based in the same place, so... You know, they get to know you a bit. So next time they see you, they might wave at you. And it's sort of building up that. So if you ever need help and your team isn't there, you know, there are other people that you can um, call on, really. So, so yeah, I've, I've not had anybody be negative or unhelpful. And have you noticed a change in your energy and motivation since you entered the the world of trees as such Mm, yes I mean I don't you know I have to get up quite early some days um which you know I would wouldn't have done when I was copywriting I used to start 10 o'clock was my start time the freelance world (laughs) no exactly I used to think like eight o'clock was really early but you know the other day I, I had to be at our lockup for I think it was quarter to eight so you know I had to get up and have my breakfast go for my walk and because I still do that every day it's part of my day and yeah I I do have really good energy levels and uh, it's quite nice to to think you can do it and I'm very careful about looking after myself um, you know eating well and making sure you have enough water and um yeah obviously good sleep it's really important and yeah just kind of getting a nice balance because it is quite easy to sort of throw yourself into a new job um and sort of burn out Uh, and you know I'm quite aware of that and so I do sort of tell myself now and again to sort of calm down and just you don't have to do that today but, um, you know, I have been told I'm really good at planning it's like events and things because, I mean, that's part of what I did before is that I'm very kind of comfortable with that side of it. Um, but, you know, I just said, well, that's, when you're freelance, you have to know what you're doing. If your client asks you what what's happening with X, Y and Z, you have to know. So, you know, I've just got a system that I use, which I've just brought into my new job and that's how I plan things um so yeah it's quite nice to know that those skills are really useful 
um, and things like social media, um, which is something I, I didn't really want to do anymore. Um, but, you know, I do still do it for my role. It's quite important to tell people what we're doing. So, yeah, it's it's a nice mix because it, there's a lot of practical side of it, but there's there's quite a bit of uh, skills that I just... I don't really need to use any brain power because I, I know them. <laughs> That's good. So, yeah. You, yeah, being able to transfer those over. Yeah. And do you feel like your work now feels more meaningful and that you you feel like you're maybe working towards a bigger impact Mm. yeah I do I do feel that's quite important to me and I think that was something I lost in a way when I was a copywriter Um, for me I had to really sort of invest in whoever I was writing for when I was a copywriter and that didn't always happen and so yeah I didn't really feel that I was contributing in a a meaningful way but my current work yeah I do think it's it's really important on a couple of levels one is obviously environmentally adding more trees to the planet as Sheffield we've got certain number of trees we want to plant every year but also helping people to connect with nature and trees is quite an important part of my role hopefully helping you know people of all ages not just children although we do work with quite a lot of schools which is quite fun um they seem to be most of the plantings we've done the worms have been the the sort of more interesting than the trees sometimes uh but that's okay because that's still an experience that they will probably not forget but yeah sort of the health side of uh, nature work is I'm really interested in because uh, I, th- I think it's like one of those things until you have it you don't realise the value of it so just talking to people about you know for instance we were planting a tree um, a, a huge hedge in Greenhill Park which we're nearly finished now um, but we were planting all along the boundary of the park and, uh, you know, people will be walking past, commenting, who use the park every day and sort of just talking to them about, you know, what the park means to them. And it's really nice to have that connection and sort of offer people the chance to plant a tree. Um, we did them as planting, uh, public planting events as well. So people could come along and, and plant with us so it's yeah it's lovely to be able to do that and and hopefully you know people will will value their green spaces more I mean I think they do now but even more you mentioned earlier about touching the bark of a tree and that's something that I've been drawn to much more recently as well so if people aren't doing that and they perhaps might feel a bit silly if they did yeah how I know this might be difficult to describe, but what what do you think you what's the experience you can get from that that simple sensation of touching a tree or even a plant or mm. or even just engaging with nature in those slower ways? What do you think happens to people? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't know the power. I think the power of touch is really important. Um, and you know funny enough I as I was because I came here a bit early when I was meeting you and uh, I was just standing at the the stone wall and uh, there was some lovely moss there and I thought that looks lovely that looks like really nice to to touch it and it felt well on a practical level it felt like um, sort of a really lush sort of carpet Um, and then you get the scent from you know touching things um and then i think for me as well as the immediate kind of sense that gives you i i feel like a connection to a wider i don't know universe uh to i feel like i'm part of something you know i i'm just a small part of something that's a lot bigger and like you you you're not just on your own i suppose that's what it makes me feel like it makes you feel like i'm you know 
I've I've connected with something that is living, uh, that isn't human, but it's it's got its own ecosystem, and we're all part of the same ecosystem. So I think that's what it makes me think of that. You know, I'm in a way not important, but I am important, but I'm not um, the most important thing. It kind of, I don't, it gives me a sense of, it just makes you feel very relaxed and that kind of everything's going to be all right in a very kind of naive way because I know that's it's not as simple as that. But, you know, nature has a way of, it will work itself out. Yeah, you mentioned before about resilience as mm. well. Yeah, so I really admire trees for their resilience. And, you know, I think, you know, understanding that they... Well, some species have a strategy to be long-living. Um, so they they grow very slowly, but they live a long time. So, you know, that's, that's a lovely kind of thought in, in some ways, because... You know, that they kind of just exist in their own, the capacity that they have. And then other species, like we're sitting around um, some lovely silver birch, and they have a completely different strategy because they are like the live fast and die young of the tree species. So they only live, well, the textbooks say they live to about 70 years old, which is nothing, you know, in an oak's life that is nothing uh but you know their strategy is to i'm going to do everything quickly and because they're pioneer species so they come you know enrich the soil and grow in areas that there aren't any vegetation a lot of the time so it's yeah i just i just feel like it's they're all different as well trees though i mean the species are different but then some of trees are more risk averse than others like they'll grow differently in the same stand of trees which I just find fascinating it's just like ever you know I don't I don't think we'll I will ever understand why I think there's so much research going into it but I just find it really fascinating it is and I I can't wait to you know learn more and find out more yeah maybe join some of these webinars yeah you should honestly it's they they are fascinating and it, it's really lovely i mean especially over lockdown but even now uh, people um, join from all around the world i mean they have people from mexico and that are tuning in on 6 p.m gmt and i don't know if it's like two o'clock in the morning where they live and there's stuff like that and it's just really lovely to think there's all these people in the planet who really care about trees and and what happens to them and you know because we like i said before we well we need trees really um they don't need us (laughs) and what's the do you have a particular approach that you want to take with this new career path or are you take are you taking a more kind of open view and and just taking one step at a time yeah i think i'm taking one step at a time because I kind of now I'm in it I'm kind of feeling that I should just see what opportunities might come my way I think because quite through quite a lot of my career I've not actually planned a lot of things in fact probably the best things that have happened to me have been accidental in my career uh, so maybe in the back of my mind I'm thinking well I won't plan to do x y and z because something will will come along I don't know I'm I am quite interested in um, agroforestry so like sort of farming and introducing trees into farming I know that is part of the new government agenda as well so maybe that's an area I might possibly move into Um, but obviously we do a little bit of sort of that now because we we help with some of the community orchards that are around Sheffield so um, I'm quite interested in that side of it and like I said before I'm quite interested in the sort of health and well-being side of working with trees Uh, so helping people to connect with trees 
on a sort of slower level and so I think they're the areas that I'm most interested in but I, I, I'm really keen to stay outdoors as well mm-hmm. so I don't really want to be pulled into a, a role that I'm going to end up at a laptop all week. And do you have an idea of when you're when you'll be completing your diploma? Yes so ideally it should be this autumn there is an option to complete next spring if if for whatever reason I fall behind with my assignments uh, because it is quite the assignments are quite intense like you have to do about well about five a month um, so so yeah and I find like I do have to read round a lot of the things as well because I don't have like a massive career in arboriculture so I'll, if something I don't know what it is I'll read about it first before I actually do anything whereas a lot of the people I'm studying with have been working as they say on the tools so they've they're the people that have been sort of you know working with chainsaws and kind of more in the trees they they're doing the diploma now because they want to have more of a consultant role so they they have knowledge practical knowledge but they don't necessarily have the academic side so i find the academic side easier because i'm used to writing and in fact the course quite a lot of it is how you present the information is just as important as the content so those skills are coming so those they're coming (laughs) handy in the course as well and i'm helping some of the the other people we've got a whatsapp group um so we kind of help each other on that great so i'll look forward to keep following along you're uh, off the hook but um (laughs) i I would i always give my uh, guests the opportunity to ask a question to people who are listening so if 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 you imagine that people are listening who are maybe thinking about a career change and worrying that it's maybe too late in life and maybe they've already kind of taken a particular path whether it's in edu- you know in, it, in terms of education or in work experience mm. what question would you ask them that might help them just to get beyond that block of it being too late mm. oh, that's a good one uh, that's a really hard one i think i'd probably say ask yourself um if in 20 years time you didn't do the thing that you want to do how would it feel because yeah i mean i think you only get you only get one life and um also i suppose i'd say i'd say to them not so much a question is you know don't be scared to ask for help because most of the you know most of the time people will help you it's you've you need to like Macy reach out to people so if anyone wants to talk to me about arboriculture I'm happy to for you to get in touch that's lovely that's really I think that's really nice a really nice offer and I think that's a really helpful tip as well is to Mm. You know, you don't have to think it all through just on your own, and you can. Yeah. I mean, you were attending those webinars and, yeah. and things and exploring, and so if if people really like that question, but they they're for, they, then they have another mm. block of, yeah. oh, well, I don't know what I want to do. Yeah, how do you think that people can start to explore outside of their current situation or their current world? What do you think is a really good approach? Yeah. There is an exercise, and I, I, so I can't remember what it's called. But basically, I was asked at um, it was a networking thing I went to a while ago, where you had to draw like three circles that overlap, like a Venn kind of diagram, and then you had to sort of write down. I think one of them was the things that you like doing in your social life. One was the things that you do in your work, and I think one was the things that. I don't know you're interested in generally and you kind of had to sort of look at the things that might overlap 
and soon maybe doing an exercise that like that might be helpful but also i'd say what are the things that excite you and you like you like just like doing and are there things you could do that incorporate those things in your in your career yeah i think that's really good because i think you tend to when you're thinking about jobs and career you might tend to focus on your cv as such like mm. your and or your education yeah. and i think sometimes yeah looking at what you enjoy or exploring finding out yes. what you enjoy yeah it's it's not a standard approach it maybe doesn't seem very productive in the fir- in the first few steps yeah but if you're if you are looking for a career that matches with your interests then yeah. I think that's really the best yeah it's way. funny because i feel like i've kind of explored it like you say like from an sort of gentle slope I suppose because at the time that I thought about doing my certificate I was part of my copywriting work was with the food Sheffield Food Partnership which basically was a coordinate um, it wasn't a coordinate it was a communications assistant role so I was doing a lot of things like email um kind of communication I was doing social media that kind of thing so but I was learning all about this sustainable food system which really interested me so I you know I was sort of in the realms of the area that I was interested in and I was moving towards it gradually um and yeah I'd I'd also say yeah volunteering i probably hear that a lot but if you can do something volunteering it's often an avenue into finding connections where you are into a career where you want to go lovely thank you so much let's go in and enjoy this little woodland yeah, <laughs> yeah let's go <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to my podcast If you're thinking about a career change, then you might be interested in joining my Patreon community. This gives you access to my private Facebook community, where I will ask coaching questions for you to think about your next steps. And I'll invite you to my online workshops and outdoor events in the Peak District. You can also put forward questions for my guests on the podcast. Membership costs £5 per month. Please see the show notes for more details.